There is a word from the Lord this morning. It's coming out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And it reads this way. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the corruption, the world's corruption caused by human desire. I'm going to talk, teach, and preach from the subject. You already have it. I'm going to start by asking a few questions this morning. What do you need the Lord to do for you? Do you need the Lord to heal you? How about prosperity? Could you use some more money? The truth is you don't need anything. The Lord has already done it for you. He has already done his part. You already got whatever it is that you stand in need of. Now this might sound crazy to some of you because you're saying, I got a doctor's report here to prove I don't have a healing. And Pastor Jeff, I'll be glad to share with you this morning my bank account book. But I'm here to say this morning that regardless of what the natural facts are, the truth is that God has already given you whatever you need. See, most believers believe that God can do anything, but we just don't believe that he's done very much as we look at our lives and we look at the world that we live in. Uh, we live in a constant state trying to get God to do something. And so we beg God for, to move through revival, uh, healing, prosperity, and etc. cetera. Uh, we run from church meeting to church meeting trying to get God, to get something from God that we already have. I hear you at crossroads this morning. You're saying if, if every saint has everything they need to live an abundant life, why are so few living on that high plane? Maybe some of us might be like Chief Crowfoot. Uh, when Crowfoot, who's the chief of the Blackfoot a tribe uh, in southern Alberta, had given the Canadian Pacific Railroad permission to lay tracks through Native American territory. And in return, he was giving a lifetime pass to use the railway system. Chief Crowfoot was so proud of this pass that he created a leather pouch and he wore it around his neck for the rest of his life, but he never used it for himself. All of the rights and the privileges were spelled out to him, and he never took advantage. 
See, many of us Christians are like Chief Crowfoot. We possess all of the treasures and the wisdom and the knowledge in Christ, and yet we live a day-to-day life as virtual, virtual spiritual paupers. The Word of God said, and this is my prayer this morning, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, 6 and 7, the writer says this, my, my goal is that may you be encouraged in your heart and united in love so that we may be full, we may have the full riches of, of complete understanding in order that we may know the mysteries of God, namely Christ, in whom all, in whom all are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Once we receive what the writer is saying here in verses two and three, when we get down to six, we begin to have the ability to live in spiritual fullness in Christ. He says this, so then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your life in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. See, Peter writes this letter because there were false teachers going around saying that they had a special doctrine uh, that would add to the lives of Peter's readers. And Peter knew that nothing could be added to our life once we accepted Jesus Christ as our savior that we are really like a healthy baby who is born with all of the equipment they will need until for life, the only thing that is needed is for the infant to grow. And so we as believers in Christ, we have all that we need to grow. We need to continue to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the law. And as we understand and begin to grow and to live In the abundancy of Christ, our lives will begin to start overflowing with the things of God and they will be coming, pouring out of us and we will be living in a constant state of thankfulness for all God has done for us. Oh, I know you ain't with me yet, but I'm going somewhere. In the book of Peter, verse uh, one and two, Peter has received revelation knowledge about Christ. And he is trying to get the the body of believers to understand what is available in Christ. And so he lifts Christ up as Messiah, of the savior of the world who can meet the needs of sinful and desperate men. He is the gift of salvation. Jesus Christ is the son of God, the savior of of the world and from the very outset of Peter's letter he affirms the deity of Christ. Peter says as the savior, savior is one who brings salvation. It would be a word that the people in that time would understand because they used it in their vocabulary. It meant deliverance from trouble, particularly deliverance from their enemies. It carries the idea, brother Clint, of health and safety. The Savior applies to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great physician who heals the sickness of sin. 
He is the victorious conqueror who has defeated our enemies, sin, death, Satan, and hell. And he is leading us into a life to be triumphant. As believers, we're to be like Peter. And we're to see ourselves as slaves to Christ. That he has bestowed this privilege and responsibility on us to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When we look in the text in verse 2, a Peter says, and praying, may God give you more. You can't get more if you don't already have something. And so what is the more that Peter wants us to receive from the law? He said, I want you to receive more grace and peace and to grow in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So once we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we receive three commodities from him. Grace, peace, and the knowledge to learn and to understand what it is that his will is for our life. And so grace is God's favor extended to the undeserved. God in his grace gave us what we don't deserve. And as a result, when we accept Jesus Christ as our savior, we have peace with God. How many of you knew or know that if you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ, you are an enemy to God. And we only become a friend to God and have peace with God when we accept his son as savior. And then he gives us the ability and the knowledge to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who he is. Are you with me, church? This grace and peace has been extended toward us. So that we can walk and to grow in the knowledge and trust in the promises that he set forth in his word. I'm in the Bible church. Look here in verse three of the text. It says by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Say everything. everything. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who has called us to himself by his marvelous glory and excellence. And the only thing that we are lacking once we accept him is knowledge of everything that he desires for our lives. There is nothing else that needs to be added. I'm in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. All praises to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You know what that means, church? That means it's already done. You have all spiritual blessings. And so asking God and waiting on God to bless you is counterproductive. And yet, that's just what the average and the average Christian and believer, that's the position we start from. We don't start from the position that we have all spiritual blessings. And so if we're sick in our body, we ought to start from the place by his stripes, I am healed. We ought to start from the place 
The same power that raised Jesus from the dead worketh in me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to catch you up with me in a minute. Uh, in 1 Peter verse 2, I mean chapter 2 verse 24, it says this. He, Jesus, personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be healed. I mean, we can be dead to sin and to live for what is right. Watch this. By his wounds, you are healed. Okay, all right, so a few of us ain't, thank you, sister, because a few of us ain't there yet, but I'm gonna help us get there. Stacy, you ever been on vacation and you check into a hotel and the hotel receptionist offers you the opportunity to experience the concierge level, right? And so once you pay the monies to have access to the concierge level, uh, where they have all kind of special amenities for the folk who have uh, the monies that have been paid, they give you a card or a key to access the concierge level. And on the concierge level, they have special uh, amenities that only those who have the pass key can experience. Okay I'm, okay, I'm coming. Stay with me. And so, as you get up there on the concierge level, uh, they got a gym you can work out in. They got a hot room or you can, you can go into. They got hors d'oeuvres and a, a little light breakfast for you. And you have access to all of that because the money and the price has been paid and you have been given access to the concierge level. And so, Brother Clint, if you're up there enjoying all of the amenities on the concierge level and somebody comes to you and says, sir, you don't belong on this floor. What you gonna do? You're probably gonna lose your mind. You say, what you talking about? The price has been paid. I have proof that I have access to the concierge level and all of the things that are available on this floor. Church, catch up with me. God has paid the price for us to have access to the spiritual realm where all of the heavenly commodities are made available to us and we have access. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. We can take advantage of everything that Jesus has accomplished for us by dying on the cross. Listen, when we take the doctor's report or the pain in our body and we say, I'm sick, God says, and, and we ask God, heal me. See, we're starting from the position of defeat instead of coming from the position of victory, knowing that Christ has already given it to us. See, healing has already been provided. Financial prosperity has already been provided. Joy and peace and everything that you need to be emotionally healthy has already been provided. If you're having a bad day and things aren't going right and you don't feel good, you don't need to embrace discouragement, despair, and hopelessness. But yet, that's exactly what we do. We embrace that kind of stuff. We say, oh God, I ask you to touch me. I ask you to give me joy. And the Bible says you already received these things. See, so the logical question then is where they at, Clint? They're in you. 
in God's spirit that he seeded into you. See, I've had many people, Clint, come to me and say, you know, I don't feel the love of God. Could you please pray that God would release his love toward me? And many folks think that's a great request. Here's the problem. They're assuming that it's God's fault that they don't feel his love. Because here's what the word says, that if you're born again, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, meekness, and temperance is all in you. The truth is that God has already poured out his love toward us. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Romans of chapter 5, verse 5. I'm going to go to the B of the verse. It says, in this hope, we will not, it will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God love us because he gave us his spirit to fill us. Watch this, it's in the text, to fill our heart with love. The love of God has already been shed abroad in our heart by us receiving the Holy Ghost. God loves you whether you feel it or not. His love has been poured out in your heart. His love isn't conditioned upon your good attitude or your your positive actions or your state of holiness. See, when we go through a difficult situation, we need to start from the place that God has already provided us everything we need. Oh, I'm still going there if you ain't with me yet. You'll catch up sooner or later. Listen, if you don't feel God's love, if, if you don't understand what God has done for you, and if you continue to struggle with things, you need to understand that if you understand the love of God, it takes the struggle out of it. It takes the condemnation out of it. It takes the legalistic mentality out of it. You trying to earn things from God when they've already been removed. We are to believe him and continue to trust him and not doubt that we know already what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Yes, it really is that simple. Here. They ain't with me yet, Steph. Come here. Come here, Steph. I'm in the middle of the sermon. You got to move. All right, there you go. Thank you. You can have a seat. (laughs) See, I've given Stephanie my Bible. It's hers. It's in her possession. And a few weeks later, she comes to me and asks me, can I have your Bible? How am I to respond to that? I'll probably look at her a little strange, a little crazy, confused, because she's already in possession of it. Why is she asking me for something that is already in a possession. Okay, here we go. (laughs) That's exactly what many of us do. When we go to God in prayer, we are asking him for things that he's already given us. It's no wonder that when we pray, we don't receive anything but silence from the Lord. It's because he wants you to understand that everything has already been given to you. (laughs) Help me, Lord. If God can be confused and don't think for a moment he could, But if he could be confused, I could see God saying this. I told them in my word, they were already blessed. 
I told them in my word they were already healed. I told them in my word that they were already prosperous. I told them they had joy and peace in their spirit. So why are they asking me for things that I have already given them? Why do they continue to ask me to come into the midst of their service when I said that where there are two or three touching in agreement, he said, I'll be in the midst. Is that right? He said, why do they keep asking me to go with them when I promised them in my word that I will never leave them or forsake them? Why do they keep asking me to go with them? God is omnipotent. It's a wonder that we have this hit and miss relationship with God. I want to go back to the text. I'm going to see if your understanding has increased any. Ephesians 1 and 3 says this. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And those of us that are in Christ, and so those of us who are in Christ, guess what heavenly places are? They're in us because we are in him. I'm in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. I'm going to use part A of the verse. Listen. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Uh, that's so powerful. How many believers are missing it? That, that they, know, they know God can do all things, but when they struggle, they start from the position of unbelief. See, we need to begin to start in the things that we can't see and feel and taste that God has already provided for us. See, it's so easy for us to believe that when we turn on the television and the radio station that it's going to tune in to the right channel. We don't ever see television or radio or radio waves, but they have been in the atmosphere the whole time. Don't you know that's how God is? That everything we need is already out there in the spiritual realm and we need to gain access by trusting and believing in him. Not everything that is out there can be experienced through our five senses or through our soulless realm. That They are only found in the spirit of God which is inside of you. And the spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, God has already done his part. It is up to us to relate to it properly. And if we don't, we will continue to live below God's best for our lives. We need to live from the standpoint that God has already done it. He's provided us everything we need. It is not a matter of trying to get God to move in your life. It's a matter of you moving over in agreement with him and receiving what he's already provided for us. The text, it's in the text. Seeing that his divine power has granted us everything. Say everything. everything. Say it like you believe it. Say everything. everything. Say everything. everything. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Guess what? I'm going to surprise you. Everything means everything. There's no exceptions. Of course, in, the, in accordance with his good and perfect will for our life. 
the reference to everything, he's given us the ability to grow spiritually. It emphasized that the sufficiency of God is available to us if we just believe. Listen, Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 32. Since he did not spare his own son and gave him up for us, wouldn't he also give us everything else? This going to bless you. So how much is everything? Everything. What's lacking in everything? Nothing. So why are we living with so much anxiety? Listen, the text. Because of his glory and excellence, he has gave us great and precious promises. These are promises. It's in the text to enable you to share in his divine nature and to escape the corruption of the world caused in human desire. God's divine power has given us everything. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, says this, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This thing on? Okay, I'm gonna come again. Listen, he says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for who? For you who believe in him. Look, it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and he's seated in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, which is to indicate to us it is finished. He ain't working no more. So, why do we worry about things? Saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Here's the key. Here's the accent, Sister Stacy. In verse 33, in Matthew in the sixth chapter, here it is. Seek the kingdom of God and above all else, live righteously. And he will give you, there it is again, everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough. So why do we continue to live in an attitude of grumbling instead of an attitude of gratefulness? It's all through the Bible. In Philippians 4 and 19, he says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. So you are, are completed through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. Did you read it? Did you see it in the text? It says you are complete through your union with Christ. God gives us everything we need 
for life and godliness and nothing has to be added. You are complete. He has bestowed that upon us and it is fully sufficient for us to resist all false teachings. Remember the context of the chapter. We possess everything we need to live a Christian life. Let us quit living from the position of defeat. Let us understand that his divine power is at work in us. It, I, listen, it is amazing, but it's true. God's power is available and adequate for anything you're going through. Okay, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Have you ever experienced God's divine power? If you've been born again, you have experienced God's divine power. Have you ever been able to truly forgive another who's unfairly wronged you? Then you have experienced divine power of God. Those of us who have come through a very difficult situation and have come out the other side all right, we have experienced God's divine power. Peter says that God gives power to us that we need to live a real life in a way that pleases God. God wants every area of our lives to be affected by this power. Work, marriage, family, relationships, church, and community. God, by his power, has given it to us that we can have this operating in our experience. Uh, Peter says that it comes through the knowledge of him who has called us. In other words, we must grow closer to Christ. Now, we can remember the writings of the Bible can help us. Teachers can help our understanding. Preachers can help increase our understanding. But it isn't until, listen believer, it isn't until you take the personal responsibility to get in God's word and stay there until God gives you revelation. Stay in the word. Seek his face. And he will reveal himself. Listen church. Do you need healing today? It's already been done. Jesus bore in his stripes. He bore over 2,000 years ago. We're healed. Do you need to be saved today? First John chapter 2 says this. That he is the propitiation for our sins. Not only for ours, but also the sins of the entire world. Listen, he has already forgiven you. He's already forgiven the sins of the entire world. It is not a matter of God. Will God forgive you? He's already forgiven your sins. Will you receive his forgiveness today? Will you put your faith in what Jesus has done on the cross? Because that's the issue. God's already forgiven you. He's already healed you. He's already commanded his blessings up on our life, our finances. He's already given us love. He's already given us joy and peace. All we need to do is respond to the call of God and to learn to respond to God. It is easier to defend something 
when you already have it. What you mean, preacher? I've been a scoundrel. I've lived a raggedy life. But the word says that there's no condemnation for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So talk about me all you will. I don't have to carry the guilt of that because God has forgiven my sins. He's made it available for me to walk in faith in his grace as a brand new person. The doors of the church are open. He said, whomsoever will, let him come. And that means come like you are in the condition you presently are in. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fix stuff in your life. He said, come, because guess what? When you accept him, it's already done. The thing that you're struggling with. Come on, uh, brother. You know, man, for me and and my, my brother right there who is my brother by birth, the brother I lost on Friday was my brother. We were roommates in college. Um, we were teammates. Um, and if I, if I had to describe him, I would describe him as a rock. He held us together. And uh, in his passing, and I begin to reflect back over the last couple of months I had with him. He had called me on the phone and he said, uh, I'm going to be inducted into the Football Coaches Hall of Fame in, in the state of Michigan. And I want you to come down and share that with me. And I was certainly glad to be there because I was able to tell him I loved him and how proud I was of him. God has allowed him to do some amazing things. He coached an inner city school, public school, in the midst of Detroit, Michigan. They don't play night football games in Detroit because it's so violent and dangerous. They play in the afternoons. And he's taken two, first person ever to do it, two inner city football teams to the state championship undefeated and win. And my God who is so graceful, grateful, graceful of grace, allowed him to experience going into the Hall of Fame and they didn't have to do it posthumously. He was recognized as one of the most distinguished people in the city of Detroit. And my God was, was so merciful that he allowed him to experience that before going home to glory. And he allowed me, because I promised him this year, I said, brother, I'm going to come to your game this year. See, we don't know what tomorrow holds. I can't go to my game, his game and support my brother. So I'm telling you, time's too short for us to play with God 
Time is too short, church, for us to live in lack. God has provided you everything you need to live an abundant life. You don't have to be in lack. You don't have to continue to hurt and struggle and carry pain. He's fixed it through his son. He says, all you've got to do is answer the call. And you too can experience the grace and the mercy of God. You too have already been forgiven of your sins. The doors of the church are open. Won't you come? Won't you accept him? Experience his grace for yourself and find out I'm not lying to you. It's the truth. He's already fixed it. As the band comes, you might be or might need an opportunity just to talk with him for a little bit. And said, Lord, the pastor said a mouthful today. <laughs> and, and really, it's over my head. But did you hear me? I said, he's given you everything you need. If you lack understanding, ask him. He'll give you understanding. You don't understand his word? Pray over it. Give me revelation knowledge. What I need to turn my life around. To start living a victorious life and honoring you in everything I do and everywhere I go. As the band sings,